CBS Sports Radio. All right, let's do this. We go to hour number two. Great to have you here. Good morning. Good afternoon. I'm Jim Rome. I'm in Southern California. And as you know, your telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. I'm hammering that because this is the best time of year. As promised, we are joined right now by a running back for the Green Bay Packers. He is in his seventh season now. He was a pro bowler back in 2020. Coming off a huge game in that win over Dallas, 118 yards rushing, three touchdowns in that 48-32 to beatdown of the Cowboys. The Packers are 10-8. and They've won four straight. They play the Niners in the divisional round in San Francisco. We are joined right now by running back Aaron Jones. Aaron, my man, great to have you back on. How you doing? Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be on the show. Uh, great to be back talking to you. I appreciate you, Aaron. Always good to have you on the show. Thanks so much. I also understand the 24-hour rule. I know it applies to the postseason as well. You're all in on the Niners. I get all that. But how pumped were you and your teammates to make the statement that you did in blowing out the Cowboys and becoming the first seven seed in league history to win a playoff game? Uh, you know, we were very proud. Uh, a lot of people didn't believe in us uh, coming in, but that didn't matter. We believed in each other. We know we have everything that we need in the locker room to get it done. And ultimately, the game has to be played between the lines. Uh, you know, analysts can't can't pick and choose who's going to win. The players are going to choose who wins once once it's played. Aaron Jones joining us. You know, you knew, and I kind of got a sense of it because I spoke to your teammate, defensive tackle Kenny Clark, on Friday, and he told me, and I quote, we're definitely going to surprise a lot of people, end of quote, on Sunday. I mean, was that the overall vibe in that locker room that despite being an underdog, y'all were prepared and expecting to go into that house and shock the football world? Uh, 100%. We, we expected that. Uh, you know, we, we, like I said, we believed in each other. We know we've been, we set our standard a few weeks back, and we've been playing to that, to that high standard, and we know we can continue to communicate, uh, be disciplined, and execute uh, execute the game plan that's called. We, we, we would be successful, and I think that it showed out there. So, Aaron, when you talk about setting the standard a few weeks back, I mean, did it kind of just happen organically, or was something said by any of the players, any of the leadership? How was that standard set a few weeks back? Uh, you know, it just kind of happened organically. Um, you know, we, we felt like we were close all all season we we were in every game we were going through that stretch where we were losing uh but our process was right during that uh you know guys were still happy to be here coming to work um practicing hard working the right way uh it just the result wasn't there you know we were losing by seven losing by three or whatever it may be um but we knew if we stuck together uh that we would get it done you know block out the outside noise trust in each other believe in each other and uh you know really lock in and that's what we did you know Aaron, you always hear people talk about trusting the process athletes always talk about that i think the fans kind of get tired of hearing about that but how important is it to have a process trust that process and most of all trust that process when you're not winning and trust that it's going to be fine it's going to turn as long as you keep trusting the process uh, you definitely you have to trust it because if you don't, then you, I mean you're gonna have a locker room full of people doing different things, uh, and in that way you'll never be successful. But if everybody trusts it, uh, buys in, and believes in, you know everybody's gonna be successful. Everybody has that same goal in mind. 
I believe that. I believe that fully. That's why I wanted to ask you about that. You do have to trust the process and the standard. Aaron Jones is joining us. You played a major role in that win over Dallas. You had the three rushing TDs, over 100 yards. It's not surprising in the sense that you always seem to have something big for Dallas. But given that you've dealt with hamstring and knee injuries this year, how satisfying was it for you to have your biggest game of the year on the biggest stage so far? Uh, it, was, it was very satisfying. You know, I came out a couple weeks ago and felt like uh, I was getting back to myself and then been uh, been able to play the way I wanted to play, uh, been explosive. And I think that just carried me on into the into the playoffs. And then, you know, like you said, a little added, being at the Cowboys Stadium, I'm from El Paso, Texas. So, um, you know, I had a lot of family and friends and college teammates there as well. One, I thought you were really explosive and have been. Number two, you beat me to it. I was going to say, uh, in terms of your dominance over Dallas, I think that a lot of people do know that. You starred in El Paso in both high school and college ball. Is it, and it's always business, and then it's always personal no matter what, is it a little more personal against Dallas? Uh, you know, we were, in El Paso, is nothing but Cowboys fans, so you know I- Got to walk around with a peace of mind there. Uh, no one there can say anything to me, so it's a pretty good feeling. <laughs> I see you working. Aaron Jones joining us. What about Jordan Love? I thought he was incredible in his playoff debut. In fact, almost perfect. Like, literally, almost perfect. The last time you and I spoke in June, you told me you liked what you had seen from him in OTAs. But at that time, did you see him doing the things that he's doing right now? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, and you can go back and listen to um, other shows or whatever as well and uh, see me speaking highly about Jordan. Uh, you know, we we knew what we had in this building. Everybody else just didn't know. Um, they're quick to rest to judgment, but, you know, that's all we have guy, guys around to protect, uh, protect them. We, we lift him up and, you know, we defend our quarterback at the end of the day. Um, you know, and look at him. Look at his confidence. Look how he's playing. Uh, if he would have listened to the outside noise, who knows? But um, we're not there, so J Love's going to keep balling, and uh, we're we're just excited and happy for him. Uh, you know, just to uh, silence all the the critics and naysayers. Right, and and he to me, like as great as the guy is, and I'm really amazed by his playmaking. Man, it's his composure, dude. Like for him to step in and follow who we had to follow, and with all that expectation, and he's just handling it, handling it like he doesn't even blink, he doesn't flinch. It's amazing to me. And then you've got the team itself, Aaron. Like for instance, the roster is the youngest roster of any team to make the playoffs. You've got a ton of first and second year players making contributions. Like we're all led to believe that experience was supposed to make such a big difference in the playoffs, yet it looked like the Cowboys were the ones who never looked comfortable, and you had a bunch of Packers who had never even played in a postseason game that settled right in. How do you explain that? What was going on? Um, we've been in a playoff situation for now, what, four weeks? This, uh, this was our fourth week. Uh, if we w- didn't win those last three at the end of the season, we wouldn't have even made it to uh, that game to play the Cowboys. So we've been in a playoff mindset in a playoff mode um you know these guys are brought here with the with with, and we tell them hey you're here for a reason we we need you uh or you know if you're not playing right now at some point we're going to need you you're going to be uh keep a key part a key part of this and you know it always turns out look at look at the receiver room look at the tight end room you know, we got, like you said, a bunch of first and second year guys, and you can spread the ball out, uh, and all of them can have a day. Yeah, Aaron, there's nothing to worry about when you're your guy. When you're anybody on an NFL roster, there's enough to worry about in worrying about yourself and worrying about what you can control. 
How have you approached being a guy who's been there and seen all these things and now leading from the front and being able to impart the knowledge, the things you're telling me right now, to the younger guys? How are you approaching that aspect of leading a young team? Um, being selfless, knowing it's not just about you or it's not all about you, uh, putting other people first, um, I feel like that's the biggest, and then just uh, leading by example as well. You know, you can set the tone, you can set the standard um, for them to follow. And you know that if if somebody sees how hard you're going, they're going to go just as hard to match match your intensity. Aaron Jones joining me for another couple of minutes. All right, so you've got another amazing opportunity this week with a familiar opponent in the Niners. San Francisco and Green Bay are going to compete in the playoffs for an NFL record 10th time with the Niners winning the last four. What comes to mind when you think about your past postseason battles with the Niners? Um, you know, just how their defense, uh, how, how good their defense is, but um, not really looking in the past. I'm looking to the future. Uh, it's a new opportunity to to play them and uh we have a new team we never it's not the same teams as the past so uh just excited to get out there and and uh show show them what we can do and show show what our guys have fair enough and they do have a really good front seven you know this final thought is there any part of you, you know a lot of talk about the niners and they're the top seed they're this they're that they're the other they've had the bye week they've had a couple of weeks to get ready is there any part of you that hears that and thinks hey now hold up now did you not just see what we did in dallas they have to deal with us as much as we have to deal with them no uh not really looking into what they say uh if we looked at what they said we wouldn't be here this week so uh just continue to block that out and worry about us Fair enough. All right, so he's in his seventh year. He was a Pro Bowler in 2020, playing great ball right now. Three touchdowns in that win over Dallas. Aaron Jones making time for the jungle once again. Aaron, appreciate you. Always good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for the conversation. Thank you. Yes, sir. Aaron Jones, all business. All business. It is another big business week for the the Packers, I should say. And so what he's saying is we knew. Kenny Clark said that. Remember when he came on last week and said, we're going to surprise a lot of people now. I said, wait a minute, what do you mean? He said, no, we just feel like we're going to surprise a lot of people. We know what we have, but, and I'm paraphrasing. Oh, by the way, Kenny Clark knows Jack Savage. And Jack Savage knows Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, and I'm just paraphrasing, was saying, in effect, what Aaron Jones just said. We know. We know what we have. I don't think a lot of people outside this locker room know what we have or what we're about, but we know and we're going to surprise people. Then they went out and they shocked the world. But hearing Aaron Jones tell it, they didn't really shock anybody like they expected it. All right, now Dallas is one thing. San Francisco is a different animal altogether. They are the top seed. And they've had that week off. And they're just better. They're not Dallas. But I don't think that Green Bay is going to be intimidated. I don't think they're going to be afraid. I don't think that the big stage is going to freak them out. I think they're going to get, I think San Francisco is going to get Green Bay's best shot. Now, is Green Bay's best shot enough to beat the Niners and their best shot? Maybe, maybe not. I just know they're going to be ready to go. As they were in Dallas. All right, Packer fans, how are you feeling about your chances? 1-800-636-636. 8686. Explosive is a good word. Aaron Jones from the jump. And he says it's been like that the last few weeks. But definitely in that game against Dallas, from the jump, he looked explosive. He was running with a lot of authority and a lot of aggression. Here come Steeler fans. Good. Uh, I want your thoughts. 
at Recky78 on the X. Quote, thank you for being impartial and giving a straight take. I am sick of national media, Mike Tomlin sycophants. Today in Pittsburgh, most of us are talking about the need for change, and many are saying Tomlin is an outgoing part of that change. I didn't go that far. I didn't go that far. I said what I don't get is his act on the podium, especially for a guy who his entire career is about projecting strength, always. So I'm trying to figure out why this guy just snapped like that. Why that guy of all guys on a question that was not only innocuous, not only fair, but wasn't even completed. So if I want to think of myself. Why would this guy do that? Why would this guy do that? Did was that some sort of strategy? Was he trying to send a message? Was he trying to send a message to ownership? Was he I mean, whatever it was, it was a bad idea. Just the optics are so bad on that. You know, stand in front, take a little heat, answer the question, Mike. Even if you want to say, hey, are you kidding? We were in the playoffs. I won 10 games. I've never had a losing season. Hey, if you really feel all those things and you want to say those things, say them. Or if you have a message that you're sending to ownership, like, hey, now, you know, I might not be around much longer for this. Why don't you walk in their office and tell them that? Because the optics are just bad. Especially for that guy who's all about demanding accountability. Now, I'm not trying to say that a change has to be made. Maybe it should. I'm just responding to what I saw from him on the podium, and I thought that was really weak. Especially coming from that guy. And it's not unfair. I've been defending him and his winning record and the fact that he has now a losing season. But now that they get beat again, again, I did all this before the postseason. And I think they did a pretty good job to get to the postseason. But totally overmatched. See, they're in a weird spot, right? They're not good enough to contend for anything. There was no way they were going to win that game. I don't care that they came within a touchdown at one point. They were never in that game. That's just what the Bills do. The Bills get out early, they jump on you, they lose a little interest, they play down to the level of competition, but the Steelers were never going to win that game. They were never really in that game. But they're in this weird spot whereby they're just good enough to get to the postseason to get punched in the face, but they're not bad enough to get the draft pick they need. And it's not changing. They haven't won a playoff game since 2016. So what has to change? Is it the coach or something else? No matter how good you are, they do get tired of hearing the same message. They do get tired of hearing the same voice. I'm just saying I would not be having this part of the conversation if this guy didn't just bounce from the podium. Mike T for three. Quote, Tomlin's got to go. Another playoff loss in embarrassing fashion. If not for the seven seed, he wouldn't even be making the playoffs. Later, loser. Shocking take from a dude whose name on the X is, quote, Trade Tomlin. Loser. Coaches are not easy to trade, by the way. Trade Tomlin. Hey, Jim. Leave Mike Tomlin alone. You're lucky even coaches for you bastards. You're lucky she even performed for you bastards. 
Some of you have made the point. It's true. Pretty amazing that you've got a guy like Mike Tomlin, you have a guy like Mike McCarthy, and you have a guy like Nick Sirianni. Not even guys like, but actual guys. All in the postseason. All under fire. But this is the way it's gone, right? Used to be that no matter what, you'd get three years. Used to be that if you had the kind of career that Mike Tomlin's had, that you'd be above reproach. And everything's changed. Now coaches get... It went from three years to two years to one year, and that was shocking, to not even a year. Everything's fair game now. The Lorelei is in. I like that. At Lorelei in Green Bay. Usually don't hear from the Lorelei unless it's smack-off season. Quote, nice job grabbing some of that at Jim Rome jungle karma today. Keep up that tough running. You are a difference maker. Aaron, hell yes, he is. Jungle Carmel. Hell yes, he is. And that was so big for them to take that opening drive and go right down the field. Big for all of them. And immediately put some doubt in Dallas's minds. PJ in the mile high, quote, damn. Aaron Jones is locked in. Unlike the Schmeagles, it is crystal clear that Green Bay is a team to be scared of, even for SF. Yes, I agree with that. One, Aaron Jones was definitely locked in. Definitely locked in in that conversation. And two, yeah, they've got San Francisco's attention. Green Bay is dangerous, and not just because they're playing with house money, but because they're dangerous. They're good. They're good. And Aaron is healthy again. And running with authority. Hey, Rome. Good to hear Aaron Jones representing the 915. Dude is a fan favorite here. War Aaron Jones and the Packers smacking the 49ers for Wisco Jim. I'm not rooting. I root for Aaron. I root for Aaron because Aaron's always come on the program. Aaron brings his family to Super Bowl and Radio Row almost every single year. I know his fam. But even as connected as I am to Aaron Jones and his family, you could hear he was all bleeping business. Completely locked in today. It's a good sign. Not that he wouldn't be. All right, let's break right now. I've got Tom Pelissero coming up at the top of the hour. Phone lines are ringing. I like that. Get off to kind of a slow start. Keep coming. 1-800-636-8686. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that's going to make the playoffs electrifying. If you have not jumped in on this, you really should. It's a blast. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. How are you going to beat that? You can't. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. It's an incredible deal. And only on DraftKings Sportsbook. You have to use my code ROME, R-O-M-E, to get it. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So you know what I'm always saying. I'm always saying, do something to make it better. Do something to elevate the conversation. I think this guy did something to at least further the conversation. Jim, at this point, I think Mike Tomlin wants to be fired in the hopes that he gets hired by the San Diego LA Chargers, a team with an actual stud quarterback and ready for a quick fix. Signed to Allen in Manitoba. Wore the coaching carousel. All right, so let's talk about that for one minute. That this guy's acting like that because he wants to be fired. Uh, The guy's frustrated, to be sure, and not happy. But if he wants to be fired, getting a team with that little talent, and they've got a few transcendent playmakers, a few, but getting that team into the postseason is not the way to get fired. All right? If they go out there and they win three games, that's a pretty good way to get fired. But to get, he got everything he possibly could out of that team and got to the postseason with double-digit wins. That's not a coach who wants to get fired. And what, walking off the podium after one question? Oh, good, there, they'll fire me now. That's not a way to get fired either. Hey, I'm done. Fire me. I dare you. Fire me. Now I'm done. If Tomlin did not want to play or didn't want to coach there any further, I'm sure that he would go to ownership and say, you know what, we've had a hell of a run. I'm not really comfortable here. He could resign. And there might be something in his contract that where there's a a non-compete. I don't know. It seems to me if he really, really, really wanted out, he would go to ownership and say, and just sit down and handle it better than he did yesterday with the media. And say, hey, listen, I, I think that they're weary of me. I know the fan base is. And I think the players are not listening, and I'm no longer reaching them. I just need a new challenge. I need something new. I think that we should both move on. I think we should both agree to move on. You know, I don't know exactly what was said between Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft, but they had a series of meetings that final week, and they, quote, amicably decided. Now, steel ownership might say, hey, Mike, I appreciate what I'm hearing, but despite what the fans say, we still want you here. And we're still going to do another contract. Or or they might say, Mike, we still want you here, and you need to honor that last year of your contract. We're not going to let you out. Maybe. I don't think that he was trying to get fired. Now, is Mike Tomlin sick of the noise? Is Tomlin thinking to himself, man, the grass has got to be greener. I deserve better than this. I bet there's a part of him that's thinking that for sure. I bet there's a huge part of Tomlin that is thinking, man, I am seriously unappreciated around here. I bet there's a huge part. Hey, and by the way, he wasn't the one that drafted Tiny Hands. It's probably a bit. Look, there's not a coach 
who's in a situation that they don't like or a coach looking for a job that wouldn't want to coach Justin Herbert. But that's my long way of saying, do I think he's trying to get fired? No, I don't think so. Do I think he's sick of the fans coming for him? Yes, I think he's sick of that. Do I think that he's thinking, hey man, instead of coming for me, you should be thanking me that I took this roster, got as much as I did out of it, and got us in the postseason. But then the Steeler fans, who are used to success and having not seen it for quite some time, are going to say, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. We're about rings, and you can't win a playoff game. It's a bad deal. It's a bad situation right now. It's toxic. It's toxic. Let's see here. And then there's this, Rome Slice. Lay the hell off a of Jera, okay? He's 81 years old. Ah! Regards, Tina in Detroit. Geoff and Lincoln. Very unfortunate moment yesterday on the program where a kindly elderly gal learned the hard way that we have a new rule on the, in the jungle. You cannot state your age. I was asking for somebody who was at the Lions game, somebody who was in attendance at Ford Field. Tell me what it's like. Tell me what that atmosphere was like. Tell me what it's like to be a long-suffering Lions fan. So Tina did exactly what I asked her to do, but then she did exactly what I asked her not to do. Stayed her age, and it ended badly, and I still feel badly. Tina, what's going on? How are you? How are you? I'm, I'm in Detroit. Uh, I'm 70 years old. Ah! Oh, no, Tina! You can tell how badly I felt about it. In fact, I'm not even sure I slept a wink last night. Not Alvin, though. Alvin was cold-blooded. Alvin didn't even wait for it. Bam! If you're... If you missed it somehow... I just don't want you to state your age. Don't do it. It's not relevant. It's immaterial. It bogs the process down. I don't. I didn't ask you how old you are. I would never ask you how old you are. Don't state your age. She had to go. I hated to do it. Felt like a bad guy. Probably made me look like a bad guy. Only one who liked it was James Kelly because he liked stuff like that. It's kind of a misdirection. James Kelly's like, yeah, yeah. Put the attention on somebody else and not me and my bad picks because I jerked with the jarred karma. Anyway, Tina, I am sorry. I don't take it back. I would do it again, but I am sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry that you didn't know that rule. If you come in here and you tell me how old you are, 7, 17, 27, 47, 77, 107, you're going to get broken off. We just don't care. Your age does not make it any more credible. If you want to say, hey, Rome... I've been a season ticket holder for the Lions for 40 years. I never thought that I would see this day. That's fine. Just don't say I'm an 80-year-old season ticket holder. All right, I think we're good on that, right? I think we're good. I hope we're good. Are you following me, camera guy? See what else we have here. Dear Jim, Pittsburgh's quarterbacks suck. If the front office found him somebody who could actually throw the football, they'd be back in the playoffs every year. 
Oh, wait. They are already in the playoffs every year. Steeler fans are spoiled dumbasses. Dumbass. Brett and Bugaha. Steeler fan, that's a pretty common theme. But then Steeler fan doesn't care because Steeler fan is Steeler fan. Steeler fan doesn't give a damn, Brett, what you think. Brad Mara writes, I think Alvy should get a golden ticket for body bagging Tina from Detroit. Wow, bro, really? Like you like that? Yeah. You think that's cool? You like that? I never heard anybody say they want to body bag a 70-year-old woman. It's all factories, man. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard it's all factories. You think that's cool? I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. What's so good about Cleveland? That was one of the best mornings of her entire life until she was humiliated on a national level. And you you like that? You think that's something to celebrate? You think you like Alvy should be like rewarded for that? Yeah, because Alvin wants a golden ticket. Because Alvin wants to be the smack-off. I can't get Alvin to sit behind a microphone ever. He communicates to me via drops. He won't even talk to me. The guy went 10 <laughs> years without even addressing me. Without having a conversation with me. Don't talk to me, But right? you think he wants a golden ticket. Romeo. Did Alan run Tina because there's a moratorium on Tina Yothers? V in the fee. Damn, V. That's a deep pull. I think we actually did have to drop a moratorium on Tina Yothers back in the day. V, you're a pretty young dude. How do you even know about that? Were you like five when we did that, V? All right, when we come back. Mafia! Let's talk about the Bills. Are they back on the path? Are they once again a Super Bowl threat? Can we trust the Bills? That topic's coming up. Tom Pellicero, top of the hour. And I'm looking for your telephone calls, as you can tell. I've got a sport. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Did you know Discover wants everybody to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you were never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card limitations do apply. Checking out the X platform, Ian Rappaport posts, quote, the Saints confirm the move, adding that Dennis Allen has also relieved senior offensive assistant Bob Bicknell and wide receivers coach Cody Burns of their duties. Look, you're going to see that, right? Coaches that are embattled are going to start breaking off their own assistants because obviously management, ownership's going to say, well, what are you going to do differently? What's going to change? How are you going to fix this? How do you fix this without us removing you? Well, I'll just get rid of the staff. I would imagine Nick Sirianni is going to have a very similar conversation unless he's just told to leave. 
I would imagine Mike McCarthy will have a very similar conversation unless he's just told to leave. Where's the camera? I'd be pretty concerned. But then again, this is the life, right? Assistants move around every single year, especially when they come up short. Mike Tomlin might have a similar conversation. They already did in season. They already removed a coordinator in season, something they never do. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to Green Bay. Will in Green Bay. Good to have you, Will. What's up? Father Rome, got three points for you. Thank you so much for taking my call. First-time caller, endless listener. Hey, Mr. Rome, got to say this. Proud of Jordan Love. Saw it coming from the summer. Had a chance to work for the team on the sides. Gave people water at the practice arena. Jordan was nice enough to even buy me a bowl at Chipotle, let alone take it to the house against those Cowboys. My goodness, did it feel good. And my goodness, did it feel good seeing Jerry cry. Oh, my Lord. I love it. Second point, Aaron Jones. I have never heard that man be so more business in my entire life. He would always say hi to the fans, fan favorite. But that interview, stellar. And lastly, Jim, my last point before I leave, please never walk out on a one-question interview for me. Please. I love you, Jimmy. Thank you so much for taking my call, buddy. My man, Will, rack him. I would never do rack that. Him. I would never do that. Again, I don't even know. First of all, he didn't even walk out on a one-question interview. It wasn't even a question. He walked out on a one-third of a question interview or a one-tenth of a question interview. He walked out on a half a statement. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. That's it. I'm out. He walked out on a stated fact. Mike, you have one year left on your contract. Peace. No, I would never do that. Uh, Back to you, other two points. Jordan Love is awesome. I mean, the guy is awesome. It's hard to imagine that only several weeks ago, there was this conversation about, is he? I mean, really? Is he the future of that franchise? I mean, there's no way this guy is the next in line following the guy who followed the guy. But he might be. But he might be. But he might be. Like five weeks ago, there was a question. And now we're asking ourselves a different question. Have they found their quarterback for the next 10 years? Maybe. This dude's awesome. Everything about him is awesome. The way he plays, the way he carries himself. I absolutely love the guy. And I agree with you. Aaron Jones... Aaron, Aaron is locked in. He knows what's up. He knows what's at stake. He knows that the beauty of that was they just had a great win, a stunning win, a shocking win, and none of them are stunned. None of them are shocked, and they understand that just doing that's not enough. That's Aaron Jones' way of saying, hey, you, you think we're just satisfied with that? You think that even though none of you gave us any chance— Nobody believed that we could get to the postseason. You think we're satisfied just going into Dallas and knocking them the hell out? No. No. Next challenge, next game, next opportunity. That was a really good sign. Now, I'm not saying being locked in guarantees victory. I'm saying it's a really good sign. I mean, he definitely has been... How do I put it? He's been more conversational in interviews that we've had 
and I couldn't understand it any more clearly than I do. This dude's about business. In a way, I'm really thankful he even did the interview. He's about business right now. He always is, but now especially. Packer fan, you got to be feeling great. You have to be feeling great. Cowboy fan, you got to be feeling like crap. Philly fan, you got to be feeling worse. Steeler fan, I know how you're feeling. I'm here for all of it. 1-800-636-8686. Packer fan's taking over. Let's go to Green Bay. Matt, good to have you, Matt. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm great. I'm just calling today because I'm feeling great about the Packers. Uh, You know, we got our cold weather. We got our 20 inches of snow here in Green Bay. And uh, Super Bowl is looking for the best team. And I think if you look at how how teamwork works, sounds like the Packers are tuned in better than anyone or right up there with the top. I think they're locked. I think you're right. He said, quote, thanks, Matt. If the Super Bowl is looking for the best team, that's an interesting way to put it. If teamwork matters, we do it better than anybody. I don't know. Baltimore might argue. San Francisco might argue. Houston might argue. Kansas City might argue. Buffalo might argue. I don't know, dude. I think you're confusing the college football playoff committee with the Super Bowl selection committee. It does not exist. Super Bowl is looking for the best team, and I think if you look at how how teamwork works. Who's the Super Bowl? Is there a committee? Are they looking for the best matchup? Is there a committee of people repping the Super Bowl, locked in a hotel room for the next three days, trying to determine who the best team is? And is Jack Savage related to anybody on that committee? The Super Bowl, if the Super Bowl is looking for the best team. Super Bowl is looking for the best team. Who comprises the Super Bowl selection committee? Is it a combination of former coaches, former players, former GMs, Super Bowl winners, Super Bowl MVPs, Hall of Famers, writers, broadcasters? Who's on the Super Bowl selection committee? Super Bowl is looking for the best team, and I think... Super Bowl is not looking for anything. It's the Super Bowl. How teamwork works. Yeah. Is that how teamwork works? How teamwork works. I'll tell you how teamwork doesn't work. Look at Exhibit A, Philadelphia. That's how teamwork doesn't work. Green Bay is a very good example of a team that's cohesive. Tampa Bay, I would even argue, is a team that's representative of, quote, how teamwork works. How teamwork works. Let's go to San Antonio. Gary, great to have you. Gary, what's up? What's going on, Jim, man? I'm a first-time listener, new caller. Um, I just want to talk to Trash about Nick Sirianni. I know this is going to get me run, but it's worth it. <laughs> I knew this coach named Nikki, and yes, you could see him clad in dark green. I saw him at Arrowhead Stadium talking crap like he was the king, but then January came in, Tampa Bay could not be stopped, and poof went Nikki's ring. Love it. Love it. Uh, well, you're no. right about one thing. 
You don't like that call. I don't like Dude, that you're not call. a first-time listener. Not a very good call. How could you be a first-time listener? You're a first-time listener, and you just bust out on a nationally syndicated radio show and TV show, and you sing that song as a first-time listener. How is that possible? First time listener, let me run, let me sing some smack and try to get my golden ticket. You're a liar. You're not a felon, Gary, but you are a liar. Allegedly. Does anybody believe that that guy was a first time listener? Tina, maybe, the other day. But even that I doubt because we were not on TV. I, I know a first time listener when somebody is just kind of bumping around, they find us on TV and they're like, hmm, what's going on here? That's different. That dude is not a first-time listener. There's no way. A first-time caller, maybe. But a first-time listener would never show up like that. Parodies do not just pop into your head the first time you listen to this show. First-time listener. I don't listen to a lot of other shows because I'm so concerned and consumed with this show. How many other shows have callers doing parodies? Believe me, I'm trying to kill it on my show. I wish it would end. And how did you and how did you know about getting run? I know this is gonna get me run, but it's worth it. Not not you'll probably hang up on me, or you probably won't care for this, or you probably won't like this. But he nails the vernacular. I know it's gonna get me run. I know this is gonna get me run, but it's worth it. And here's it. a parody. But I'm a first time listener. You're a liar. My man, you're a liar. I believe. I just hate to call somebody a liar without knowing for sure, but you're a liar. Not a felon. I know this is going to get me run, but it's worth it. It's going to get me run, but it's worth First it. First time listener, new caller. I think probably that part of it's true. To you, dude, I guarantee that was worth it. That's a win for you. Just don't think that any of us are buying that you're a first-time listener. That's, that's garbage. But, but welcome to the jungle. Glad you finally found us. Welcome. Everybody's welcome. Thank you for being a first-time listener. As the host of a show for like 90 years, I'm always excited to get a first-time listener. Even if you know you're not. You're welcome. That guy. If you're a first-time listener, who was that? Oh, that was Matt in L.A. I don't know. I'm a first-time listener. I'm a first-time listener. I swear. Outro. Outro. Sure you're not, dude. Hey, 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 Rome, I'm a first-time listener. What the hell happened to Terrence and Sierra Madre? Hey, hey, I'm a first-time listener. Hey, Rome, remember when you used to do that crazy five-hour night show in San Diego? Hey, 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 Rome, I've never even heard of you. Remember that tour stop in Madison? <laughs>